Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, your internet radio home for all things champions indoor football. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as the director of operations of the CIF, as he brings you the news and notes, as well as player interviews, coaches, and owners of the CIF. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into week number two of Champions Indoor Football here on Inside the CIF with me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we get said, as we, I call this week number two, actually week 1A. Uh, One game last week, one team that played last week will be playing this week. That, of course, being the Sioux City Bandits. They are in action this weekend as well. So they started off the year and continue into this year as the beef are on a bye and get the next week in rest. That being said, we've got a great one here tonight here on Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark as we get set for, like I said, week 1A of Champions Indoor Football. Tonight there's a game as the Bloomington Edge are at home. They're taking on West Michigan Ironman. And we got on the show here today the head coach of the Bloomington Eds. It is Amir Ishmael. And we also have the general manager of the West Michigan Ironman. We have on Nate Smith. And also, we're going to bring in the newcomer down there. New franchise, but not really new. Randy Sanders moves his team from San Angelo over to Belton. And we'll bring on the head coach of the Centex Calvary, Mike Finney. So we got a good one lined up here on Inside the CIF. So since we got that good show going on, we might as well get started immediately. Let's go ahead and bring on a guy who, uh, let's see, uh, the latest in over in a different country. Uh, time before that, as you know, a player uh, in the IFL, in the uh, uh, other leagues as well, a uh, player in the NFL. My goodness, this guy's been anywhere. It's the head coach of the Bloomington Edge. It is Amir Ishmael. How you doing, Amir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Sonny. No, thanks for joining us. Now, let's take a look. I mean, geez, you've been everywhere. I mean, I just kind of wonder sometimes, I mean, is there anything you haven't done as far as football is concerned, as far as your career is concerned? You've been everywhere. Let people know a little bit about it. Well, yeah, you know, coming out of college, uh, you know, the plan is NFL. I uh, got an opportunity with the Kansas City Chiefs. Didn't pan out for me. Um, so, uh, looking for other opportunities and NFL weren't knocking on my door. So I needed some new film, um, and the, you know, indoor football leagues and arena football leagues, um, they're like developmental leagues for the NFL. It's almost like, you know, a triple a baseball system, minor league system. Um, you play well enough and you, you produce some good film. You can get another shot, uh, in the NFL or CFL. So I looked up, uh, arena went down to Jacksonville sharks. Um, with Coach Les Moss as, as their first year, oh, yeah. expansion year. And, um, you know, I was playing defensive end and linebacker. And, uh, you know, I felt like the rules were just, you know, a little bit restricting for my style of play as, as a true linebacker. And um, so I, I, I researched, you know, indoor football and, um, you know, noticed that you're a little bit more like a regular outside linebacker or regular linebacker in the indoor game. So I, I decided to make the transition. I looked it up. There was, 
you know, there was guys getting shot, you know, in the NFL. Um, you know, one notably guy is, you know, Fred Jackson played indoor football, uh, running back in, uh, you know, for the Buffalo Bills. So, um, I'm like, okay. And then you see a few guys, uh, other guys getting signed. I'm like, okay, this is the way to go. You know, if this guy did it, um, I remember specifically a guy, his name is Maurice Simpkins who played in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he got picked up for the Packers and I'm looking up his, uh, background and i'm like okay well if he can do it you know i'm better than him i can do it too (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell him that next time i talk to him yeah great guy great guy by the way great guy by the way i mean an an amazing athlete but um you know that was that's the mentality you only you gotta have you know (laughs) and uh, well was canada part of anything you wanted to do or were you just strictly an nfl guy my my mindset was mainly nfl um canada was like in the back burner the problem uh, was, you know, it's a two-year, you know, option contract. So if you're there, you're kind of stuck there for two years, you know, assuming you do well. Um, with that being with that being said, Canadian opportunities are very hard to come by as well. Um, it's almost almost even harder in some regards than NFL. And so, you know, I decided to go to Tri-City to play for Coach Adam Shackelford, um, yeah. and then who I, who I coached for for the last two years. And, um, you know, I did play, like, the second half of that season, played six games, did really well. Um, and then I actually got an opportunity with the Hamilton Tiger Cat. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I ended up tearing my Achilles uh, and then went back home and started training and rehabbing and started my master's degree as, uh, you know, I didn't know what my uh, football history, uh, f- football future held. So after that, um, I was like, okay, well, I still got it in me. I, you know, I think I could come back from this Achilles and be 100% and started um, training and talked to Coach uh, Kenton Carr, who was down here in Bloomington. Um, and so, I, you know, I decided to come out there and play uh, and, uh, with the Bloomington Edge, who was in, you know, were in the ISO at the time. But, um, and uh, so I ended up doing, doing really well. Got the defensive player of the year, broke, you know, tackle record for tackles in the season. Um, and then after my second year with uh, Chicago, we got another shot in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, again, had another injury, knee injury, and you know, then I started coaching. But uh, you know, so the coaching coaching's been great. I love it. It's a lot, a uh, lot more work, a lot harder than it is playing. Well, explain a little bit about that. I mean, you're going from a regular, and then you go over to uh, Canada, which, by the way, I saw all your games. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, what happened was, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be playing football again as I started coaching, and then an opportunity knocked, um, you know, Coach Terry Bates, who got a head coaching job in China with the AFL China, um, who, you know, uh, Josh Jaworski, you know, big, uh, you know, investor in it, and uh, Marty Judge, and, um, you know, that's, uh, so yeah, he called me up. He's like, "Hey, you still ready to play?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. You know, if the NFL called, I'd still be ready to play. I'm always ready." <laughs> so he said, he said, "I told him, uh, yeah, and uh, about the opportunities. You know, first question I asked is how many how many weeks it is, <laughs> how many weeks, and he's like, it's only eight weeks. And then I asked about the pay. The pay was good. Um, and you know, he told me about it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. We got an opportunity to go to China and play some football again for." a couple months and travel and see six different cities. Wow. Um, you know, you, you don't get to, uh, you don't get to, um, 
that, those type of opportunities too often, so I had to jump on it. Yeah, I bet because I, you know, you're talking about a culture that really enjoys the American football game, and, and heck, I, you know, I don't even think they even knew really all the rules or really what they were watching, but they really supported it, didn't they? Yeah, very well received, and that's the thing. You know, they're still learning it, and that you know, there's a, a big you know following and love and passion uh, in China for American football. Uh, now, some of the intricacies and rules are still being learned, especially from the fan base standpoint. But, man, we had about, you know, five to 10,000 fans every game, and they didn't even understand the full rules. So uh, just, you know, the, the, the love and the passion uh, for the hard-hitting and the high-flying and the high-scoring action of indoor and arena football was uh, very appealing and alluring to them, and there's a great market for it. And the culture, yep. again, was uh, very embracing of it, and, uh, you know, they treated us very well out there. Well, a great experience. Are you going back? Did you get a two-year contract? I, I, know, I know some teams and um, players uh, got two-year contracts. What did, how's that working out? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, it's pretty to, it's to be determined right now. Um, you know, I'm not, I haven't decided, yeah, I haven't decided, you know, from, it depends on what the, you know, opportunities potentially for coaching there um, or playing. But I, I would anticipate I'd be going back in some regard, whether it is coaching or playing. But um, it's still kind of to be determined. But, yeah, I would, love to, I would love to do it again. Well, you're in action here tonight as you take on the West Michigan Ironmen, uh, a team that is new to the CIF but not new to playoffs. Uh, last year, your edge, they're, not, they're new to the league, but they're not new to the playoffs because they made the playoffs. Uh, how do you prepare for a team like that as they get ready to take you on at your home field? Well, yeah, and that's, that's a unique thing is, um, you know, my uh, my offensive coordinator, he uh, coached defense last year, so they're, they're having the same issues preparing for, for us yep. as we are preparing for them. And they had a different rules. Last year they were playing uh, AFL rules, arena football rules. So, um, you know, we've we got to anticipate a whole new look and a whole new offense. The good, I mean, the, the unique thing about this game is that it, it is a rivalry game. I grew up in Holland, Grand Rapids area. And Muskegon is right there. Yeah, yeah, Muskegon is right there. So I, I have, uh, I have a history with Coach Links. We've known each other for the last eight years. He's known me as a football player at Western Michigan, and we've been friends uh, over the last eight years. As he coaches uh, as well at a college uh, locally at Kalamazoo College, Division Three yep. school. But uh, yeah, so I know him. The quarterback actually played at you know Western Michigan right when I was leaving. So uh, we know each other well, and he was actually out in China with me as well. So we're pretty, we're pretty good friends. And um, you know, I know a couple of the other guys on the roster, like they just signed Terrence Taylor, uh, big yep. U of M standout, and um, and he played you know Arena Football League. So now you know, once that happened, we're trying to figure out ways we're going to <laughs> we're going to have to deal with him uh, come exactly. tonight. So and he's a great player. Um, so you know, we know about the roster as far as the you know. The, the way that they're going to run the offense and defense, we don't know. I know a lot about that, um, the players and the coach, but uh, it should be should be good. I know he's going to have them uh, very well prepared, and you know he's a good coach, and um, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a it's going to be a battle, you know, for the entire game, and you know it's not going to be you know what we had for a preseason game. That's for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to see out on the football field for your Bloomington Edge. Who should we keep our eye on, and what's going on at your quarterback position? 
Yeah, Caleb uh, Holbrook, he came in early, paid his own way, um, yep. and trained, you know, preseason, got a job, everything. So I couldn't say enough about him, man. He's been great, great leader, very accountable, um, and uh, expect great things from him. You know, he signed J.J. Hayes. Uh, I played yep. with him in Chicago with the Slaughter. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he played for me with Cedar Rapids then last year in Spokane, so we're excited to have him a part of the team, and um, he should be a very dynamic player, as well as, um, you know, we have a, a very versatile player, um, maybe not everybody knows, but, you know, some people would know, he's actually from Detroit, Michigan, uh, Treyon Nash, and oh, you know, he was a real late, yeah, he was a real late signee, but the kid can really play, he can really, he plays quarterback, he plays receiver, he plays running back, he plays defensive back, he kicks, he returns kicks, a very versatile guy. You know, in this game, you need those type of players that can cover up spots. So who's the you on the team? <laughs> who's the what? Oh, yeah, so we got a Yeah, that's a tough one. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I know, I know the way you're saying, we'll see. Uh, I rec- you know, we, we recruited a guy, his name was Brandon Pittman from NC State, and, you know, he's been... He's been coming along really well. I like his athleticism. He works really hard. He's new to the game. You know, it's his first year, so he's still learning the finer, you know, details and intricacies of the, you know, the rules. Because you know, you come first year coming to indoor football, you wanna, you wanna just roam around. You wanna be able to, you know, fake blitz and things like that. You can't. You gotta stay behind five yeah. yards. You know, there's a belt. You know, there's some rules that. You know, uh, we've been working with him, but I'm really excited about him because he can put his hand down. Uh, and play in, he can play outside, you know, linebacker, we call it, I call it Jack, and, you know, even though right. it's an ASL term, I still use the Jack, and then he can play Mac, uh, middle linebacker as well. So he's very versatile. So, you know, I'd say the leader right now on our defense, though, is the McCoy, Dante McCoy. And, uh, you know, he plays, our, he plays our middle spot, and he flies around. He's very uh, vocal, very passionate, and very high energy. Um, so I'd say, you know, between, between the two of them, uh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> but, uh, I, well, the funny thing is, you being a a former player and now a coach. I mean, do you walk around with shoulder pads on as being the coach? I mean, so you can teach what you want there, or maybe a technique out there. As I mean, heck, since you've done it before, you know what you're looking for. Exactly. So you know, I you know I always have that in the in the back in my back pocket in case they're not getting it done the way I want to. Um, then I'm gonna have to just show. I just gotta put it on and show them. Hey, like this is this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be a benefit for you. I mean, you you talk about yeah. I mean, heck, you're still young and you could start on a lot of these teams here within the Champions Indoor Football. So. I think that kind of gives you an advantage as you get set and ready to play uh, tonight as you take on the Ironman. Hey, thanks a lot, Tony. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to tonight and the rest of the season as well. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, and, and hey, and there's a little trash talking going on, right? You know, starting off there with the Ironman. I, I mean, if you've seen out on the web and everything, you know, they, they kind of let you know they're on their way, didn't they? I saw that. I saw, I'm not big at- I'm not big into it. I don't. I don't like to feed into the, the trash talk stuff. And those guys already seen it. They already. They already got it in their heads. It's fine. I, I like. Yeah. I, you know the bulletin board stuff to me is. You know. It's, I always find it. Um, you know. 
in my perspective, and everyone's different, is just, you know, it's, it's a little bit distracting and you're focused on something when you should be focused on your, you know, your assignments and what you're there to do. So, um, I don't, I don't want to, you know, play that up too much. If they want, you know, that's their thing, that's their thing, but, you know, I want to, I want to focus on having, um, you know, all my guys fly around and doing their jobs and doing them well. Oh man, all these political correct answers. You gotta love it, though. <laughs> I, I truly believe it, though. I truly believe. I was the reason. I mean, I was the guy when I play. I was the guy that complimented the guy across from me. I didn't talk. I didn't talk. Uh, sorry, I didn't talk bad about him. I didn't talk bad to him. I was. I was like, man, you're great. You're really good. What are you doing here? You should be doing this. And then, and then you know, they're, they're less apt. They're less apt to hold me the next play. A little reverse psychology at work, huh? Yeah, because you know, the, yeah, the, the rest aren't going to call every home. So if I make friends with those big boys up front, then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might work out for you. He is the head coach of the Bloomington Edge. It is Amir Ishmael. Thanks for joining us here for a little bit on Inside the CIM. Perfect, absolutely. Thanks a lot. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a little bit. Uh, a little recap of what happened last week in week number one uh, in the Champions Indoor Football. We'll do that, and then we'll bring on the uh, general manager of the West Michigan Ironmen. It'll be Nate Smith. But lots of games this weekend, as we talked about tonight. Bloomington Edge taking on West Michigan and the Ironmen. And Saturday, we have a full slate. Three games on tap for you in Champions Indoor Football. It should be an exciting weekend and an exciting Saturday in Champions Indoor Football. Let's start off with the Duke City Gladiators go on the road to take on the Dodge City Law in Dodge City. That one's going to be an interesting game as week number ones are always interesting. So we get to see what kind of teams these two bring together. Also, the Bucks of Bismarck. They go on the road taking on the Sioux City Bandits as the Bandits are in action for a second week in a row as they had all the spotlight on them last week. Then, newcomers galore. That's what I like to call it. How about the Centex Calvary? Newcomer, not really a new team, but moving over to the Belton, Texas area. They go on the road to take on the second year Dallas Marshals. They changed their name from the Mesquite Marshals to the Dallas Marshals. So that one should be a really interesting game as week number ones. Again, we don't know what's going on, but the... Game on Sunday, this one I can't wait for, the current reigning champions of champions indoor football, it's the Wichita Force on the road taking on the Salina Liberty, so we'll find out where all, you know, a lot of these teams are. We have five games on tap, 10 of the 14 teams of champions indoor football in action in week number two slash 
1A. So it should be interesting, should be a lot of fun this weekend. Games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so Champions Indoor Football will be on the air a lot. So make sure you get on over there and get an opportunity to catch these games. So all the games are going to be free as they're still working out the kinks over for the Sioux City Bandits. Uh, as soon as they get that figured out, I'm not sure what's going on as far as the paywall. But until we see that everything is working correctly, my understanding is, is that's the way the games are going to be. They're going to be free. We'll know more about that next week um, for other games that are going to be going on. Speaking of that, the next games in the next week, Friday night, the Salina Liberty are on the road taking on the Omaha Beef. That's on March 10th. On Saturday, March 11th, the Amarillo Venom are on the road. They're taking on the Duke City Gladiators. Also on Saturday, the Bismarck Bucks, they make a trip over to West Michigan to take on the Ironmen. And then also Saturday, the Dodge City Law, they're on the road taking on the Wichita Force. And then a Monday night game, the Bloomington Edge take on the Kansas City Phantoms for their first game of the season. So these next few weeks, we're going to see all the teams except one, that being the Texas Revolution. They are not going to be in action until Friday or March, that Saturday, March 18th, as they're on the road taking on Syntax. So, the whole situation with the schedule and where it's at, we're getting into the meat of it. Again, I call week number two 1A. Uh, so really, uh, we get a lot of games going on. There's going to be a lots of information going on as those games are going on, especially Saturday, as there are three games in action on Saturday. But two games that have the spotlight by themselves on Friday night, West Michigan's First time we'll get a chance to see them in this league as they were playing in the championship game in the last league that they played in. And the Bloomington Edge, of course, they made it into the playoffs last year for Friday night tilt as far as them being the only ones under the spotlight. Sunday, the only guy, game in town, the Wichita Force at Salina. That should be a good one as that area is beginning to build up a little bit of a rivalry in that area. So that should be a really, really good game. So let's watch that this weekend as two games on Friday and Sunday are all by themselves. But let's go ahead and take a look at last week's game, the only one that was going on that had the all the attention on it, of course, that being the Sioux City Bandits at home taking on the Omaha Beef as they were on the road. A, a, a really good game, even right into the fourth quarter. Uh, enjoyed watching that. The Beef get the victory, 63-44. to 44. Now, that goes into, if you take a look at Eversport, okay? That was a problem with Eversport, and I'm not sure if the problem was Eversport at the stadium, whatever the case may be, but that game is going to be free. So, just to let everybody know about that, that one's ready to go, so everybody will get an opportunity to catch that game until they get all the kinks figured out and ready to go up there in Sioux City, whether it's the stadium, whether it's Eversport, or whoever, whatever the case may be, you get another week of Sioux City Bandits uh, uh, game right there live on Eversport, so get your opportunity to catch that one. That one was an exciting game, by the way, as you took a look at it as far as the action out on the field. So let's cover that a little bit as far as the action on the field. 
By the way, guys, if you haven't had the opportunity to get over to the stats page on Champions Indoor Football for this season, definitely do it, as Presto Sports has made this thing look magnificent over there. So if you get the opportunity to check out the stats page, you want to see some stats and things of that sort, you can do that over there. It looks very, very nice, and I enjoyed keeping tr track of the stats on Saturday night when the uh, Sioux City Bandits were taking on the beef. So let's just go to that page as I'm looking at it. It's so nice. 63-44 uh, victory for the home team, that being the Bandits. Anthony Iannotti, 156 yards passing as Taylor Gassir, 131. The Rushers, as they're leading in that game, Calvin Phillips, 71 yards. And then for the... Uh, that was for the visiting beef, and then for the home team, Frederick Bruno, and then receiving leaders, Jonathan Ray, 52 yards for the Omaha beef, and Jeremiah Oates with 50 yards. So, really an exciting game, actually. Like I said, it was a game into the fourth quarter as the Bandits got out really quick, actually, 21-6 to uh, in the first frame. But the Beef came back in the second frame, got six of them back as they outscored the Bandits 20-14. to So when they went in at halftime, it was 35-26. to So the fight was there. And then into the fourth quarter, Sioux City uh, outscored the Beef 14-10, to um, which put it pretty much, you know, well, it didn't start getting put away until Sioux City scored in the fourth quarter as they outscored the Beef 14-8. Uh, to to bring home the 63-44 uh, uh, win there. So let's talk about that. Sioux City got started off right away as Carson returned a kickoff for a touchdown, 56 yards. And so the Bandits were up on the beef really quick. And then King Farkasson received the nine-yard pass from Iannotti, and uh, unfortunately, the extra point was no good, so the Bandits still had the 7-6 to six lead over the Omaha Beef, and then Sioux City, with five minutes and 40 seconds left to go in the first uh, quarter, Drew Praska, four-yard pass from Tyler Gassur, and they got the extra point, 14-6, then also... With a minute and 56 left to go in the first quarter, Jeremiah Oates, 37-yard pass from Gasser. So it was 21-6 before you knew it. And that kind of lets you know, wow, if they don't get back into this game, it could get really ugly really quick. So the Beef got back up on it. They got a 43-yard uh, field goal with 12 minutes and 49 seconds left to go before the Sioux City Bandits got back up on it. Jeffrey Mack, two-yard run uh, in for the touchdown, and then it was 28-9. But Omaha didn't give, keep, uh, give up as Benny Hanapy put in a 44-yard field goal with nine minutes and 13 seconds left to go. Then with two minutes, 24 seconds, Jonathan Ray got a 16-yard pass from Iannotti and got the extra point, 28-19. And then more scoring here with less than 2 minutes and 24 seconds. That last one I just gave you was at 2.24. At the 2-minute mark, the Sioux City Bandits, Frederick Bruno, a 10-yard run in for a touchdown, making the score 35-19. to 
and then the Omaha beef got back into Iannotti with a three-yard run. Uh, extra point was good, so it was a game, 35-26 to 26 at that point. So the halftime was kind of a situation where some the of the mid-season or the mid-game uh, adjustments had to happen, and the beef went ahead. They did so, but Sioux City got the on the board first. Mark the Omaha beef got on the board first with uh, Hannapie's 29-yard field goal, making the score 35-29, to but the Bandits at four minutes, five seconds left to go in the third quarter. They got Drew Proska in there with the two-yard run for the touchdown, making the score 42-29. to Then the beef. Got the four-yard touchdown from Calvin Phillips, making the score 42-37 to in favor of Sioux City. And then Sioux City came back at the two-minute, seven-minute mark. Carson, eight-yard run for the touchdown, 49-36. And then that, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Bandits were at it again as Jeffrey Mack with a nine-yard uh, run for the touchdown, 56-36. to Omaha Beef gave it another shot. Jonathan Ray. 13-yard pass from Mayanati and a two-point conversion, making the score 56-44. to And then with three seconds left to go, the Bandits got in with Carson five-yard touchdown, sealing the victory for the Bandits. An exciting game in week number one for champions indoor football and for both games, or both teams. All right, so now what we're going to do now, we're going to go ahead and move on. We've already talked to the head coach of the Bloomington Edge. That's Amir Ishmael. Now we're going to talk to the general manager of the team they're facing. It is the West Michigan Ironmen as they're on the road taking on the Bloomington Edge. Let's bring in Nate Smith. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Sonny? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for taking some time here in inside the CIF. You know, we're going into week number one. Your, your preparation and everything getting set for the Bloomington Edge. This is a football team that played in another league, that being your Ironmen. So I guess I got to ask, what is the transition like? I mean, is it something that's really, really alien to you? Or is this just really business as usual for the Ironmen? You know, in some ways it is business as usual. In other ways, it's completely different. You know, we know that the talent level in the Champions Indoor Football League is going to be much uh, stronger than maybe what we saw last year in the AIF. There were some great teams in the AIF, but consistency was definitely, you know, what was lacking. And we know that uh, the Champions Indoor Football League is, we've got to bring our game up, you know. And so we that's kind of in the background of what we've been doing. You know, there's a different drive in the players. There's a different level of intensity in our coaching staff. Um, but you, you know, we want to try to keep things as similar as it was last year. You know, same type of practice plan, same type of film breakdown, same type of approach to, to game week. Um, but there definitely is an undercurrent knowing that we've got to turn it up a notch. And we've got to execute at a higher level. We've got to perform at a higher level. Um, you know, and so we really expect to, we're, we're looking forward to the challenge, that's for sure. Well, yeah, and that's really good because when you think about it, when you're moving into a new league, you got to have a head coach and uh, it, a head coach that you can trust and things of that sort. I'm sure you got that going on, and especially in Michigan, where it, Michigan is big for football, obviously blue and everything. Now, it, it, and you look at it, Mir, and you look at your coach, Coach Link, they know each other uh, going into this game here in week number two in Champions Indoor Football. Yeah, you know, I think Coach Link has been uh, around football his entire life, and he's a he's a West Michigan uh, native. And you know, West Michigan's got a real strong history of football, from you know our high school programs to a lot of the college programs. Grand Valley State University is 
you know, one of the premier uh, Division II colleges in the country. You know, Western Michigan, obviously, they had a, a tremendous collegiate run this year, um, you know, down in the Kalamazoo area. So we've got a real strong history in the West Michigan area, and Coach Link has been, you know, intertwined with that. You know, he played uh, collegiate basketball, he played football at Western Michigan University, and so he knows the area, knows our players. Um, and so we're just really excited to have him on staff. Obviously, it's his second year with us. And, um, you know, he brings a level of maturity and drive um, that really uh, is influenced the way our, our players approach the game. Um, and I've seen him, you know, instill that, uh, that drive and that focus. And I think it's a really great, um, it's, it's really great the thumbprint he's really putting on our guys. And so, you know, he's, he's currently coaches at Kalamazoo College. He's a uh, receiver coach, offensive um, passing game coordinator. So that transitions really well into the arena game, you know, obviously field is quite different, but some of the concepts and things that, that he brings to the table are unique. Um, and he's just, a, he's just a great guy, great with the players. Um, you know, our fans really appreciate the work that he puts in. And, you know, I watch the way that he mentors and works alongside our coaching staff, and it is, um, it's really something special. You know, the staff itself is, is a high-level staff, and um, you know, we're just really proud to have him on board. You know, he's a great representation of who we want to be as an organization. Um, and uh, the players really, really appreciate working for him, and he gets a lot out of them, and I think that's, um, that's what we want. You know, we want a coach that's going to drive our players, going to establish what we want to be about for the long term, um, and we just, we're really, really fortunate to have him on our staff. And then, of course, that brings you to your owner, a guy that, you know, is a guy within the city, I guess you can say. These kind of guys that are homegrown and everything. So you got a guy working with you, uh, Terrence. Uh, let people know a little bit about him as, you know, you're working with him on a daily basis. Sure. You know, Terrence is, Terrence is our owner, and he's a, man, the guy has is, is got such a vision for um, just really to make an impact on, on the community, and that's really what we want to be about. And we both have a, a passion for football. Um, you know, Terrence, you know, played football locally in the area. I played in the area. I coach, um, you know, one of the local high school teams. Um, but, you know, really the whole point of what we want to bring to the table here is just an in, uh, to influence the community. We have a great community. We have a, a thriving, growing community, a tremendous football fan base. And so the opportunity to bring an arena team really back to the Muskegon area, the West Michigan area, was what we were, had a chance to do. There was a team a few years back. Um, yep. And they had some different issues that kind of kind of put them in a situation where they couldn't go on anymore. And so we always knew that was something that was a, a dream to bring something like that back. And Terrence has worked worked really hard um, to really establish what's going on. And we're you know we're looking at great support from the community businesses and community fans. Um, and it's just it's been a really great great venture so far. You know, I think like I said, we talk all the time. We want to be, you know, champions in the arena and champions for the community. And I think that's really what Terrence's heartbeat is. Um, you know, we obviously don't get me wrong. We want to be. We want to raise that that championship trophy at the end of the year. But we really want to have a positive impact in in the West Michigan area. You know, our guys want to be mentors to to the youth in the area. We want to be. Um, we want to promote our sponsors like never before. We want to, you know, help our fan base become their customers. Um, and that really is what we want to be about. And I think that's, you know, I think every team has that to a certain degree, but that's really really at the core and the heartbeat of what we want to be. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if we have, you know, the fans in West Michigan say, we love the Ironmen because of what they bring, and it's a chance for us to gather as a community once a week and, and cheer on these guys, that's what we want to be about. And um, that's just Terrence's heartbeat. You know, he's a, 
he's a passionate guy. He's, um, you know, he's an attorney by trade, but he really, he's a philanthropist. I mean, he wants to give back. He and his wife, Boy, uh, both do that. Joy is a tremendous support, and um, they're just a tremendous couple. Great, great ownership for sure. Now that being said, I mean, we got to take a look at it. And when you joined Champions Indoor Football, there was a uh, road that you were going to take. I mean, you had Chicago that were in the league, and then you had the promise of what St. Louis was going to bring into the league as well. So uh, then we unfortunately get them to drop out. So I guess how does it change the philosophy of your team? Or really, is there any change of philosophy needed as far as what you do as an organization? You know, again, I hate to, hate to sound cliche, but it's a little bit of uh, totally different and, and kind of the same path. You know, initially it was something we looked at from a, really from just a sustainability standpoint going, you know, St. Louis and Chicago are going to be closer teams for us. Yeah. Obviously there's there's cost reduction that's there, but there's also a nice rivalry that, that's there, you know, when you got somebody that's close like that and you kind of share some, you know, maybe share some uh, players from different, you know, areas. But, you know, once that decision was made, we wanted to be in the Champions Indoor Football League and it really wasn't, the teams we're playing weren't the drive. It was the quality of the organization. It was the quality of the owners. Um, it was quality of knowing that we're going to have great games in and out. We're going to be dealing with great, you know, ownership groups. And so that was really what it came down to. And so at the end of the day, we looked at stuff and said, listen, this is where we want to be. You know, th those things haven't changed. And then a few teams that may have changed, but ultimately the reason we wanted to be in the Champions of the Football League was because, because of the brand. It's a quality brand, quality competition, quality ownership, um, and that's really what we wanted to be about. So, you know, at first, you got to look at those things from a sustainability standpoint, but ultimately, the reason we were going that direction was still there. And so we, that's why we are in what we're doing, and we're glad to be a part of it. Well, that being said, we're moving into the season. Week number one for you, week number two as far as the league is concerned. I mean, you're a guy that, you're, you're not the head coach, but I'm pretty sure you got a stranglehold on who's on this team and who's not on this team. So I guess you would know. So who are some of the guys that we're going to be looking at on your football team as far as if you've never seen the West Michigan Ironmen before or seen indoor football who are some of the guys that we're going to take a look at for your football team here in week number two of Champions Indoor Football? Well, I don't want to tip my hat, but uh, <laughs> I think, you know, our quarterback is coming back. Alex Tarter is coming back. He was an all-pro guy. Um, he, you know, played collegiate at Western Michigan University. He was with Detroit Lions for a little bit and has been all around, you know, the AFL and different indoor leagues. He's a, he's a tremendous leader, and it's cliche, but he is another coach on the field. Like, he knows the game inside and out. Um, he's, a, he's a great player, great guy to watch. I would keep an eye on him. Uh, Corey Johnson is one of our receivers that's returning last year. Our whole receiving core is, is really top-notch. Donovan Campbell's coming back. We have a couple of new guys that are going to be in the uh, mix offensively. Um, got some really big linemen. I've been really excited about the way they've been able to play, not only just big fellas, but just really athletic as well. You know, in, in Matt Thornton and Roger Stewart and Baptiste Williams, the new guy that's going to be with us. And, um, so those guys, you know, on the front, the front three are going to be pretty strong, you know, stronger than, than I think we've had before, obviously. But, um, you know, defensively, we bring some really good guys back. We just find a, a nose tackle that um, we think is going to be, he's going to be a, a wrecking ball in the league and, uh, by the name of Terrence Taylor. Um, yeah. He's a local Muskegon guy. He is, um, played at the University of Michigan, had a few stints in the NFL, but really has been playing in the AFL with the Orlando Predators the last couple of years. And he's in town, in, in back in Muskegon, to help launch a 
a training facility. Um, he's doing a, a thing called Peak Training Academy and running a program called Peak Elite, and it's going to be, it's really designed for high school athletes to get the most out of athletics and academics, and they really, you know, launch their, their a lifelong dream of using those things to influence. And um, so he's in town doing that, and, you know, since he's here, he decided to play some football with us, and so we really got strong on, on the front there, and he's going to be a you know, he'll be a, a tenor on the field, but he's he's already been a tremendous asset on the team just, just to be able to show guys what, you know, a professional approach is and the way to go about things. So you know, he'll be an anchor on the defense. We're pretty, you know, pretty confident that. You know, and then on the back end, we've got some really good, some good DBs, some All-American guys that were All-American in, in college, and Eric Thompson, um, Deontay Hurst is going to be in, in, you know, in the secondary. Those are both guys that are tremendous playmakers. You know, I think Hurst last year had 20, just Close to 20, maybe just shy, maybe just shy of 20, just into the 20s and interceptions last year. Um, he's a ball hawk, and um, so yeah, real fun, real fun group of guys to coach. And then we got some rookies that are, we're looking to make a splash. We have a lot of guys that are hungry, and I think that's something we really want to see. You know, when we're, when we're looking at guys and recruiting guys, and you know, and, and kind of vetting them, we look and say, how hungry is this guy? What's he want to do? Um, you know, and they say a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder, a guy, you know make a difference and so we got a whole bunch of guys like that well let's take a look at that i mean you, you last year uh your your road to the championship i mean you had a road and and up against teams such as mike clark's uh steelhawks over there and then you headed over into the championship game where you took on the columbus lions as well uh so you, you definitely had a better road with the better teams i, I you think that really kind of maybe helped prepare you to when you got into champions indoor football so you would be ready for this type of talent that you're going to see? I sure hope so. You know, I think that's one of the things we looked at. We know that, you know, the Steelhawks are an established team and they're a quality team and they've got quality coaches and quality players. And the same thing with the Columbus Lions, you know, and you know that game down there obviously didn't go the way we wanted it to. You know, a few things go wrong and all of a sudden kind of things get out of hand and um, but it was a great learning experience for us. You know, we felt like we played that game again, and we, it's a different, totally different game. Um, but we, we, that was, you know, that was part of our evaluation. You know, you look at kind of how did we do against some of the premier teams? How do we match up with some of these teams in the in the CIF? And you know, we hope we match up well. We feel really good about where we're at, where we're going. Um, but like I said, you know, we we know it's great competition. We know it's going to be great players and great organizations. And you know, we'll find out tonight. We got a great matchup with Bloomington and. You know, we hope it's, it'll, it'll kind of show us where we're at, you know, give us at least an idea of, of where we're at, where we need to grow, what we need to be focusing on. Um, you know, and I feel really good about where we're at. I feel good about the, the product we're putting on the field and, and the chemistry on our team. We'll just, you know, you never know until you get that first, that first level of competition. So, yeah, it definitely was a factor, you know, to look at how we performed against, the, you know, the elite teams. Um, you know, all those things kind of played into the fact that, we know we're we know we're stepping up, and you know we know eyes are on us, and we know that people don't expect much from us, but we expect a lot out of ourselves, and we know ultimately that's what it's all about. All right, now it's time for you to just take that political correct hat off and throw it to the side for a moment, because this is the part of the interview that I want to want to look on. Because as your team as first game in Champions Indoor Football, Bloomington obviously has a year up underneath their belt. But you're I don't want to call it trash talking, more so than just talking. Uh, you went ahead 
is if, if what you don't know about the Iron Man, you can come out beaten and bloodied. Uh, what do you do? I, and your answer was put down a red turf, obviously. Uh, referencing the red turf that's over at Bloomington as the uh, Edge's home field is concerned. Quite funny, and I like the way it was a good jabbing. It wasn't vicious jabbing or everything, but quite funny as well. You're, you're putting it out there. You're I heard that. Not, yes, and, and, and that w I love that. It was actually quite funny. And then you had the <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, Bloomington Edge football. Yeah. Sounds like to me. I love it. I love that part yeah. of this and it, they're, they're fun jabs, but at the same time, it, you know, you just gave them, you know, what do they call that locker room, uh, that locker room notice. Yeah. No, exactly. Lots of fun that's happening. I like that. Uh, who came up with the idea yeah. and who put it well, out there? <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, between Bloomington and us, we, we play each other four times this year and they're our closest, yes. you know, geographically our closest match. And so, you know, both ownership groups, I think both intern teams kind of got that going and started saying, hey, listen, let's start a little, they called it a meme war, you know, and right. so um, it was kind of fun, you know, and I think, you know, we know that we're, hey, got to be careful, we don't want to give them too much <laughs> motivation to put up in the locker room, you know what I mean, but, you know, win, lose, or draw, we, we, exactly, exactly, and I said to them, you know, I think it's good stuff, go for it, it's, yeah. it's fun, and, and the reality is, you know what, we go down there, we want to play physical, and we win, lose, or draw, it's, that's kind of what we want to do. So, um, you know, and we kind of looked at that stuff. We wanted to have fun with it. So I think, you know, the fans had a good time with it. And, um, you know, ultimately, like we said, we want, we want them to, to have fun and get engaged. And uh, we have tons of respect for the team we're playing. And Absolutely. that was more of, a, more of an intern kind of those guys having some fun, having some freedom to do some marketing. And so it's kind of a, who knows, maybe it would be, be a staple going forward. You know what I mean? Who knows? Good stuff. I'm glad that you were able to do it and have fun even coming in. A lot of people or a lot of teams new coming in, you know, they kind of hang out in the back a little bit and say, yeah, then yeah. we'll move into it. But, no, you go out swinging. I love it. It's good stuff. <laughs> Nate Smith, one, yeah. now, you're the general manager. Are you part owner with the organization? What's no, going I, on I, there? No, I am the general manager. I've been working with Terrence on a couple of different projects over the years. And, Got um, you know, last year we, we launched this thing together and um, – it's been it's been a whirlwind. I love what I'm doing. I love working with the guys. I love working with you know you and the different organization. And um, like I said, we just want to we want to be a highlight and a, and a we want to be a champion for the community. We want people to look at the West Michigan Ironmen and say that's that's our team, man. And um, love doing it. What a what a beautiful opportunity it is. Good area as well as there's not Michigan football oh. just around the corner and other things mm -hmm. that you, you kind of like have the spotlight in that area. So good stuff there. We do. Yeah, exactly. So he is the general manager of West Michigan and the Ironman. Nate, good luck tonight. Are you gonna? Are you well, taking you. the trip down there, or are you just gonna watch it up there on EverSport with everybody? Yes. I think I'm gonna watch it on EverSport. My son's wrestling in the state championship. Uh, dual the meets here in in detroit so unfortunately i had a personal conflict but uh we'll see depends on when he finishes up today maybe i can make the trip it's only about five six hours from here over there so we'll so see how he, exactly. how he wrestles today i might get there definitely good luck for the rest of the season we'll probably knock heads a little bit later appreciate it man thanks sonny and that was nate smith of west michigan and the iron men as he gets set 
for his first game in Champions Indoor Football. That's always exciting, too, um, as you move into a new league. You got a new team. You don't really know what to expect. So this one can be really, really good. Now, Champions Indoor Football, let's be honest, has got some really good teams in it that you can see a lot of rivalries in. And that's one of the exciting things about this league compared to some of the other leagues. I mean, now, some of the other leagues, don't get me wrong, they've got some rivalries going on but we're talking about cross country i mean where champions indoor football is you know we're kind of right here in the central portion of the country i mean west michigan obviously coming over a little bit but when you look at some of the teams i mean obviously down in the south when you got the texas area you got a lot of teams in the south as you got amarillo you got the texas revolution as well as the uh, dallas marshals and the duke city gladiators over there in new mexico Syntex over there in Belton, it just sets up for really, really good possibilities of rivals going on, especially down there. And, and the North is no different. I mean, obviously, we saw that in week number one when the Sioux City Bandits took on the Omaha Beef in week number one. So, and we started it off with that one. But as time goes by, I mean, we're going to see the West Michigan Ironmen develop a good rivalry with Bloomington. Salina uh, has a lot of guys. I mean, they got the uh, Kansas City Phantoms over there, Omaha Beef, not very far away. And then, of course, right there in the Kansas area, the uh, the team of the Dodge City Law. I mean, there's lots of opportunities where you can see some good rivalries build up. And there's been good rivalries that have been played the Salina Liberty as well in Kansas. So, gosh, lots of things. Like that Salina, Kansas City one, I see a lot of potential on there and the uh, opportunities for a lot of good, good football and the rivalry, a good rivalry, not hated rivalries. We always like good rivalries, uh, so we end up with a good football game. That having been said, we talked about the South. We talked about what could end up happening in the South as far as those rivalries are concerned. So that's going to lead me right into our next guest as we have a new team, but it's not a new team, but a new team right there in Belton as Randy Sanders picked up his team, moved it from San Angelo's, moved over to Belton. Now we are looking at the Syntex Calvary, and so we might as well get into our last guest here on Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. Let's bring on the head coach of that football team. It's Mike Finney. How you doing, Mike? Good, sir. How are you? Doing great. Hey, now, you're here getting started. New franchise, new area. How is the community accepting the, uh, the new team, the Syntex Calvary? Uh, we're getting a lot of people that, that are excited about coming, us coming back because it's been eight years since they had a team at the expo. Um, so, and we're representing, it's not just Belton. You're going all the way from Belton to Lamb Passes, which is 45 minutes away. That's where I live. And then you got Belton to Waco and Belton to Austin. So yeah. it's a lot of towns in between. So you getting around there, I, I've heard that you're getting up on the radio, getting it known in that area. So uh, the fan fan interaction, expecting a lot of people to hit your first home game down there in Belton? It's, our first home game is going to be on the 18th. So this is going to be our first test this, uh, this weekend in Dallas. 
Um, we'll see what we have and see what we need to work on after this first game. You betcha. Now let's let's talk a little bit about you, where your background is, because this might is this your first head coaching gig that you had? But I know you did a lot of assisting, um, whether it be up here in Dallas with the Desperados and other. Let people know a little bit about your background. Uh, my background was I was started my first coaching job. It was helping out the Coppers Cove high school team. Uh, Robert Griffin was there that year. Um, everybody knows him as RG3. Yes. Um, the other the other places after that, I went during that season, I went to the, when they used to have it, was the uh, Barracudas. They were yep. the IFL back then, yep. way back then. <laughs> back and in then, the day. And then after that, I went to coach, started my college coaching job. I went all the way to Minnesota, Ely, Minnesota. And I coached college from then on, but I would come home during the summer, and I coached the Turf Cats in 08. I I coached them in 09. And then in 2010 and 11, I went to, used to be the Desperados, then they became the Vigilantes. Right, that's what it was. Um, and then after that, I went up to Illinois and coached three years up there at college, and then I came back to Texas, and here I am. So it's just 14 years of coaching all together. <laughs> you bet. And so you're not as young as I thought you were. You're, you're young, but you're not as young in the game as much as it is. Uh, describe a little bit about your ownership. I mean, compared to some of the other places, I mean, I'm sure you had some great experiences everywhere, but you got Randy Sanders down there uh, taking this team over from San Angelo, uh, setting up shop over there. How's how's the transition going from some of the other uh, teams that you have coached for into what's going on, and uh, how is the relationship between the front office and the coaching staff? It's good. Um, i got two... Two good coaches that I brought on, um, Coach Petraeus. Uh His first name is David. Um, everybody always called me Mike, but it's uh, it, it's Michael Finney, but it's okay. Um, but Coach Contreras, he's my offensive line coach, my special teams coordinator, and he is my assistant head coach. Um, coach Perez is my DC. Uh, these two guys. Uh, Randy knows, um, and then that's where it starts. But Randy, he's a great guy. Um, it all starts with him, and then it goes to the coaching staff, and then who you bring on. And it all starts with the office. That's where that's where it starts. Definitely. And when Randy came in, and we talked, and we had the same ideas, and uh, and we worked very well together, and. I love the man to death and his family. Um, there's going to be some times that, you know, sometimes you don't see eye to eye, but most of the time, I would say over, I would say 99.9, we're on the right page. And that's that's pretty much, you know, if you can get that when the office and the coaching staff and everybody work together as one, I think you, you're gonna, some great things will happen down the road. 
I think what you said, everybody working together as one is huge. And just with my interaction as being the director of operations within, I, I mean, you get input from Randy, you get input from a lot of other people than just yourself, or are you pretty much in charge of who's going to be on that football team? Do you, um, I'm sure Randy has got some suggestions on players and things of that sort. How much is he involved with that kind of thing? He He's involved but his thing was, he told me, he says, my number one job is is to hire a coach. And he hired me, and then he said, when it comes to picking the team and it comes to picking the coaching staff, that's my coach's job. Um, if Got anybody it. has any other saying behind that, that's that's when I come in. And But how I am is, as a person, and I'm not going to change who I am, is – it all, like I said, it all starts with everybody working together as one. But the biggest thing is, is coming together as a family. You, you, you know, it's it's everybody doing their individual job, and then you come together as a family, and great things will happen. And so far, looking at your schedule, let's talk a little bit about your team that you're putting out. As you're on the road, not very far away, only a two-hour trip for you up north to head to play the Dallas Marshals at the Mesquite Arena. Who are we going to be looking at on the football field for the Calvary this year? Who are the guys that, if you're going to walk into the Mesquite Arena and look at your team, who should we have our eyes on? Um, well, um, to me, I... I Sonny, I'm just it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I say I'm not gonna put out one person. You might as well keep an eye on everybody. Got um I just I don't I just don't think it's I think it's keep an eye out for everybody. Because you don't know who's right. gonna show up. Yep. Well, let's let's start a little bit. Let's. See, I mean, uh, who's going to be who's going to be the commander in chief on the offensive side of the ball, the quarterback, or has has that decision been made yet? I know we're still a couple of days from the game. Our quarterback um, is a guy that plays for a while. Um, a lot of people probably know him as Deron Ellis. Um, he has the indoor game experience. I do have a backup quarterback that is right out of college, but he's gonna be he's gonna be a future quarterback that people are gonna recognize. Um but the everybody else, um, I just say keep an eye out for those guys because they'll probably surprise you because a lot of these people have not been in the, has not they either played in higher places or they played and some of them played in this league and some of them haven't. But we're all we're all a family, and I just say watch out for everyone. Definitely, it, it, looking at your team and where you're going and the experience that you have, is there any kind of thing that you are able to get to your players with your experience? How, I, in other words, how are you coaching? Are, are you letting them know how you've done it other places and try to instill it in together to make one as you're doing right down there? Uh, or are you taking a lot of a, a lot of you know information, whether it be from the players and the coaches? How, how's all that working? Well, with the experience that the both coach uh, both coaches that I brought on and experience I have, um, they, they helped out out a lot with the experience that's coming on the field. The players, all of us together, we work together as a team, 
as a as a as a family when they're on the field. Um, I tell them to do their individual job because that's the biggest thing is that they do their own job. It doesn't matter, you know. You'll you'll find out. It's, don't worry about anybody else. Worry about what you're going to do on that field when you step in between those walls. Um, but we all, the good thing about it is, is that all of us know each other. Uh, once upon a time and in the coaching is they either played for us coaches or they played against us or they have, uh, we have known them back then when they played, you know. So right. we all have chemistry together, which is good. It's not just, you know, there are some guys that on there, there's a couple of them that are rookies um, to the game. But they're coming along great. Um, the veterans are working with the guys, and the test is going to be this weekend. Uh, we're going to find out what we have, and we're going to find out, and then we're off for two weeks, and then we're going to uh, reevaluate, and then we're going to get ready for that first home game. Knowing what you know about the Marshals, I mean, they, they've had the preseason game as they played, and you know a little bit about them as they were in the first year in the league last year, what are you looking for as far as the Marshals are concerned when you head up there to Dallas to take on those Marshals at the Mesquite Arena? They're, they're a good team. Um, they're going to be ready to play us. And you can't take them lightly. Nobody in this league you can take lightly. Uh, we're going to see what we're going to see what we have. And I, I expect the Marshals to go out there and do what they do. Um, you know, I met the coaches at the coaches thing, and they, you know, they're gonna get, they're gonna be ready for us, um, and we're gonna be ready for them, and we'll see what happens on Saturday. You bet. Now you you've got a pretty good uh, area where you're at. I want to talk a little bit about where you play your home games over at the Expo Center facility. How are you enjoying the the fit of that for your football team? It's a lot better than eight years ago. <laughs> um, the lighting, the lighting in the in the expo. Uh, Tim is the owner of the expo, and he he went in there and changed a lot of things up. The lighting's a lot better. Um, it's it, it's it's nice in there. It really is nice. Um, he has a lot of events going on in there, and the good thing about it is is that. We're, there's some restaurants. Gonna, Tim's going to bring some restaurants in the building and during our games, and then like Pizza Hut, Bush's Chicken, um, Subway, I think, and then there's going to be some other other things in there too. But I like it. Um, it brings back old memories of when we were the Barracudas. Yep. And we'll see. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I just now, I just know are, it's going to be a lot of are fun. Are you practicing in there, Mike, or are you got a, another practice facility that you go we, to? We we will practice in there whenever we have a schedule. They have a schedule for us of when they're going to put the turf down. Got it. Um, we pra we practice at a high school that's close by, and if we can't get there, there's a indoor facility turf indoor facility um, in Temple that we use. Uh, also, if we if we need to, but after this week, we're hoping um, we we're going to be back on schedule for the expo. Um, Got it. We'll be actually in there 
pretty much all the next two weeks right before our first home game. So great. It's going to be good. So that first, <laughs> yeah. Who, who are you facing? Uh, who's your first game at home? Who you got? Uh, I have to check the schedule um, because I, I don't I think about, I don't think about, you know, the next game. I think about what's coming up ahead of us first. And then after that game is when I start thinking about the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. You're watching Sonny. film and you'll be, you'll be figuring out who is what and where uh, at the time. As it, it is. I, by the way, I've seen the pictures of the facility. It's been outstanding uh, what you got going on down there. And nice building that you can play at. You know, I, that's something that you can, you can look forward to as it, just so that you know that Texas Revolution are your first game as you're at home. Uh, that's on March 18th. I'll probably be down at that game as well. So uh, I'll get to see you uh, uh, tonight or uh, on Friday or Saturday right over there when the Dallas Marshals out. I'll, I'll find you out there. So uh, good luck to you this season, and we'll, we'll knock it out and see what's going on. Okay, my friend? Thank you, sir. You got it. And, folks, that's going to do it for Inside the CIF here with Sonny Clark. When we come back next week, folks, we got a good one. How about we bring on Coach Clayton from the Liberty and the coach of the Dodge City Law, Sean Ponder, for next week. So we'll be also uh, talking to a player next week. It'll be an opportunity the first time to get a player up on Inside the CIF. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, your internet radio home for all things champions indoor football. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as the director of operations of the CIF, as he brings you the news and notes, as well as player interviews, coaches, and owners of the CIF.